0: Visit RobertHalf.com today.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brenton. I'm your host. It's a mock draft Monday. Excited to be doing it as we do every Monday. I'm reminding myself right now by saying this, but I have a mock draft that will drop on Thursday, uh, assuming I get it done in time. Really nothing else to do around these parts. Lately, however, uh, if you are trapped in your house or, or uh, you know, socially distancing, and being an, a, an appropriate adult or a human or non-adult, whatever it is, and uh, staying inside, reminder that you can listen to this podcast on your smart speakers. Just say, hey, Alexa, play the Pick Six podcast, or hey, Google, Play the Pick 6 podcast. I think you have to add podcasts as part of that. Uh, but you can start and stop listening throughout your work-from-home day. So check us out on your smart speaker. Pretty freaking awesome. Uh, also awesome. Uh, potentially happening right now as you're listening or maybe uh, already happened or maybe it's you know about to happen, a CBS Sports HQ mock draft mocktacular noon to 3 p.m. Eastern on Monday. We have like 60 people involved in this. Uh, myself, Ryan Wilson, um, uh, Pete Prisco will be doing it. Somebody's going to do grades, Jonathan Jones, John Breach. While we're making picks, I caused some havoc at the top of the draft, didn't I, Ryan Wilson?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm breaking spoil, news here.
1: Don't spoil, don't spoil. You're going to spoil it?
0: No. no. The breaking news is I'm doing the grade. So I look very forward to, to Oh,
1: break. no. Yeah. Oh, so Ryan will be grading all the picks. Josh Edwards joining us here.
0: Quick, sorry to interrupt you introducing Josh, but someone, I won't say who texted me offline after we did our group tech, uh, group draft on, on Friday morning and said, um, why is Will the way he is?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Of all the people on the call, it would have to be, it wasn't Brady, because he wasn't on the call. Um, who, who was it?
0: Honestly, it could have been any number of people. Sure. Given the way things unfolded. But anyway, you were introducing Josh.
1: Josh, how you doing, buddy?
2: Doing pretty well. So when you actually did the the promo for, for Alexa, mine actually kicked on and started talking. I don't know if that actually came through in the audio, but that was pretty freaky. It took me a second to figure out what was happening.
1: Did it Did it start playing the podcast?
2: I couldn't hear what it was actually saying. I could just hear that Alexa voice coming back at me with something. So it's entirely possible. I don't know. There's so much wind going on right now, too. It's kind of like this uh, little wind tunnel thing that's going on. I get this crosswind going. In, in your house? No, it's it's so I'm in the Midwest. The wind is crazy right now. It is like whipping you your windows insanely hard you're outside, outside, just outside the window.
1: That's kind of that would always be scary. Like to me, I would, I would get freaked out. Um, uh, we, we talked very briefly before about, uh, Tiger King. Um, and not, you know, no spoilers here. I'm only through two episodes, Josh through four. Ryan, uh, doesn't watch his kids at all. So he's through, he's finished the entire series. Um, the, uh, there is a scene there where Joe Exotic rides out in a four wheeler and he's like staring down this gigantic freaking tornado. And you're like, what are you doing? Why are you out in the... I can see that tornado. I know it's wind. I know how fast it's moving. Why are you staring at the tornado, Pink Cowboy Man? Got
2: nothing. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it, it's funny that you say that because that's probably one of the least memorable things that he does. That's how much crazy stuff that he does in this. It only gets. I know you've only been through two episodes. I'm not going to spoil it. It only gets more crazy.
1: Yeah, uh, I just my wife and I are watching it together. We need you got to have shows during this time. Um, you guys. Uh, Holding up okay, uh, in terms of, um, quarantining and, uh, and being inside. Yeah. Did a couple science experiments today. My father in law ordered us some science I, experiments. I saw that. Could you, um, what was the, uh, thing that you ordered? I saw that on Instagram. What are you on it? Somehow Ryan was like Ryan Wilson, double underscore double O seven on Twitter. And he somehow has Ryan Wilson on Instagram. Like, how did that even happen? How did you get there's got to be a billion Ryan Wilson's in the world and you somehow got Ryan Wilson for Instagram. That's really impressive.
0: Yeah, I get DMS every once in a while or whatever messages asking me if I want to give away Ryan Wilson on Instagram, because I'm a really? look, I knew
1: Twitter wasn't going to ever
0: be anything. So I didn't hustle to that. But apparently I hustled to Instagram. I don't even know what Instagram started. Who
1: is who has asked you who's asked you? Like other just random. Ryan, other Ryan Wilsons. Like famous Ryan Wilsons or like other dudes named Ryan Wilson? Yeah, just other randos. Rando Ryan. Do, do you try, are you like, hey, man, like, sure, like for, you know, $1,000? No, like, I, I don't. As you might
0: be surprised to learn, I didn't respond.
1: <laughs> i responding to that. Well, there's I, a, uh, an American wrestler named Ryan Wilson, an ice hockey player, a, yep. a American hurdler, a Scottish rugby union player.
0: I have been tagged on several Scottish rugby
1: tweets so, yeah, I do know about him as well. Uh, all right. That's uh, – how are you hanging in there, Josh? Oh, wait, wait. Hold on, sir. Before Brian, give me the name of the science thing that your
0: father-in-law ordered. Go look it up. I would have the box upstairs, but I, I had not heard of it before. But um, my father-in-law wanted to see the kids put some stuff together and try to blow themselves up. So I'll find out what it
1: is and let you know. Well, that's very helpful. Thank you. Josh, how are you hanging in there?
0: Pretty
2: well. Um As I told you guys, probably in the last couple of months, we moved into this new house, which is, you know, no surprise by the lack of uh, wall hangings behind me. But at the same time, I've actually been afforded the opportunity to put some grass seed down this week. It's been like a really weird, you know, like occurrence where I was actually able to be productive uh, when we're going through a global pandemic.
0: So wait, I have a question for Josh. Josh, your wife is a nurse, correct?
2: She's a cardiac sonographer.
0: So how's her situation?
2: Uh, like I told you guys before we started this, Ohio, Kentucky has not been hit really hard with all of this to this point. Um, so it really has not impacted her much to this point, but what a lot of these patients are going through is like cardiac failure.
0: Mm. Um, So the thought is it may eventually get
2: to that point, but it hasn't affected her to this point. So we're, we're kind of grateful for that.
1: Um, that is, that is. Awesome. It's good to hear. Ryan, your, uh, oldest son in that picture, you didn't get the box today, but your oldest son looks quite Pump. annoyed, quite annoyed as he's having to, like, interact with his younger brother.
0: <laughs> yeah. He wanted to be in charge. You know, he's, he's 13 now. The other, the youngest, my youngest son's eight. Youngest son's super pumped to be doing things. 13 <laughs> year old's like, look, man, I just want to go outside and hang out with my friends.
1: Can't do it. Yep. Can't do it. Uh, all right. Let's get to some football talk. This is a football podcast. Uh but look, you know, this is a daily NFL, it's a daily NFL podcast, but that means we have a lot of episodes, and sometimes our personal lives will bleed into the content. Or some people hate it. Some people don't hate it quite as much. Yeah. I, occasionally a little football talk will, will we worm its way into this uh this show about my life. Uh and me complaining about my family. Let's get to Josh, by the way, what what are you thinking? Who's who signs up for a seven-round mock draft? You did a seven-round mock draft. Literally made every single pick. How uh, – be honest with us here. I need to know a number. How many prospects were you like, I don't really know who that guy is, but I'm going to give him to some team? Honestly,
2: there were – not really any prospects that I didn't know at this point. I've got a pretty good handle on it at this point. That's the it, correct answer. It gets very tedious when you start getting into the sixth and the seventh rounds, and you're like, man, I already gave this team two wide receivers. Let's give them a third, um, which was an issue for the Giants in this particular case. But when you're taking two wide receivers on day three, you're just kind of hoping one of those guys pans out. So uh, that's my reasoning for those picks.
1: All right. That's fine with that. Um, Ryan, have you had to do a seven-round mock? For this year yet?
0: Uh, today is Monday. My latest three round mock just came out with trades. My seven rounder comes out next Monday. So I will be following in Josh's footsteps. And I even doing the three rounder, you get to the point where, like, this team has 400 draft picks. What, and they've filled every need in free agency. What in God's name are we going to do with all these extra draft picks? So I may just start trading them, packing them up, and trading them until next year, Josh, because I don't know what, I mean, how many, how, like, like, to your point, how many wide receivers does one
1: team need? Wow. In, in your seven round mock, Josh, I find this interesting, not to, you know, just veer into Tua talk, Tua to tongue of Iloa though. If you want to talk about him. Uh, yeah, I got it down now. You had him fall to six, the third quarterback taken to the Chargers after Miami took Justin Herbert at five. Are you? Is this um is this like a thought exercise thing you're doing? Because I like to do thought exercises with my mock, with my mock drafts because I just find regular old wrote mock drafts to be boring as hell. Um, is this a thought exercise to see how things would play out, or do you really believe that there's a chance Herbert could go ahead of Tua in this draft?
2: I think it's possible. I don't think it's likely. Um, I enjoy doing those thought-provoking kind of scenarios as well, which you know I've done quite a bit to this point. You kind of have to do it to stay sane, but. um i did not do any trades in this seven round mock because i'm not trying to be a hero seven (laughs) rounds is daunting enough you know so um i did zero trades and for me you kind of start struggling like who's going to take a quarterback once you get past the chargers where does this fourth quarterback fall so for me i just needed to get three quarterbacks off the board there in the top ten and then figure out where everybody else was going to fall after that
1: Ryan, your thoughts on Tua's status these days? I know that you, and to your credit, you've been sort of hitting that drum lightly. That you, the buzz you hear is that the medicals might not be as good as the rosy picture being painted out there, and you've been saying that for a while now. Any any update from your uh, sources? No. In fact, I had forgotten that I had said that, but I do remember the conversation. Yeah.
0: So that was the the conversation coming out of the Super Bowl that there were some concerns about his medicals, but we don't, we don't know. No one's seen anything. And since the Super Bowl where he spoke for half an hour on the CBS Sports HQ set with Prisco and BMAC and, and Chris Hassel, um, we saw him at the combine. And he seemed very upbeat and didn't have a limp when he walked in. We saw the video he released on the Insta with, uh, Trent Dilfer as the quarterback's coach. He ran through those little drills. We saw like six or seven seconds of that. I don't know what like I don't know what to make of that if you're an NFL team. I suppose you can get an independent uh physical and okay, but I, I feel like it's gonna be all systems go. I feel like he's gonna be one of the first quarterbacks taken. Josh obviously has him going uh third, but if he told me he went second and the the Dolphins traded up for him, at this point I would have no choice but to believe you. They tried to bring him in before the NFL shut shuttered its doors. They got Jordan Love in, they did not get a chance to bring in Tua. So clearly they're interested. I don't know if that's a smoke screen, but I, I would suspect it's not since they're not a good football team that needs a quarterback.
1: Yeah, and you actually had them, Ryan. Uh, we're going to talk about some tre- teams that can trade up or down. You had the Dolphins trading up to number three, I assume, to take Jerry Judy.
0: Yep. They took, uh, no, they took Willie Judy, Jerry's brother, <laughs> because they turned it the wrong card. Yes, yeah, so they trade up to three to get Tua. Uh, they give up, uh, pick number five and their first second round pick, pick number 39. That's actually pretty rich for going up from two spots. Dolphins obviously go back to five, get 39, but um, the Dolphins, I mean, excuse me, the, the Lions, and the Lions also send like a fourth round pick just to, to make the numbers work out a little better in case, you know, if you look at the draft value chart, it's not exactly a, a tit for tat trade. So this, that fourth rounder that 109 pick levels it out a little bit. But, um, even if they didn't.
1: Why, why were you unwilling then to trade with me? as the GM of the Washington Redskins on our mock draft conference call. Why why did you decline to to give me a reasonable bounty for the number two overall pick? All I wanted was five and eighteen and you said no in front of everybody. You embarrassed me publicly. Humiliated me.
0: You, let's be honest, you embarrass yourself. I'll put this to Josh and he can he can be the arbiter. So um if you're the 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 Dolphins there at number five, do you want to trade up to two where in my mind the the, uh, Redskins don't have as much leverage. Let's be honest. They ain't taking a quarterback. Wow. Well, might. Uh, Dan Snyder
1: might. So five and 18 to move up to well, two. No, yeah, but in all seriousness, like, like if Ron Rivera is really in charge of this thing and he doesn't like Dwayne Haskins, I mean, and, and two is there. And two is, let's say two is. We don't even know how healthy he is. And you're still going to win three football games next year. That's the problem. Yeah, but, like, but like, if, 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 if you're Ron Rivera and you don't believe in Dwayne Haskins, I don't think they're going to take him. But like, here's the argument is that if you don't believe in Dwayne Haskins or you're unsure about Dwayne Haskins, then you, and like, and you believe that Tua is a legitimate prospect, you have to make that move. Now, I think they're smoke screening and I think that Dan Snyder would probably put the kibosh on it. But I mean, Josh, don't you think that like, like it's a different, it's like, don't you think that like, uh, the Josh, the, the Josh Allen situation and Kyler Murray with the Cardinals that sort of open teams up to the idea that you can just dive right back into the quarterback pool. Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen. Did I say Josh Allen. Josh Rosen. I do that all the time. I was asking Josh a question about a player named Josh and it really confused my brain.
2: It's understandable. I, it's totally understandable, but is it? Does, does Washington need, I mean, Washington's got Kyle Allen now too. I mean, do they need a quarterback now? I mean, you know, so, um, no. No, I would not. That was that was
1: a Kyle Allen joke. Sorry. (laughs)
2: Yeah, sorry. It was so Ryan Ryan asked earlier if I would take number five and number eighteen in exchange for number two, and honestly, I would need more if I'm going to trade down out of that position and possibly give up Chase Allen or Chase Young. See, now you're messing with me. Everyone's out uh, to go to go with Josh Allen. So for me, I would need more to trade down from number two. But at the same time, I think we're kind of getting through the phase where we've actually believe that Washington might take a quarterback. That was one of the exercises I did early in the process where I gave them to Tonga Vailoa, but honestly as time has passed, I don't think that's likely at all. I think it's more likely they just stay put and take Chase Young.
0: Well Here, I'll say this quickly. If Tua was one hundred percent healthy, I would take him over Kyler Murray, like a year ago if I'm Steve Kime, And in that case, then maybe I'm thinking about it. If nothing else it gives you more leverage as Ron Rivera. But good Lord, the, the amount of needs. Is, this team has way more needs than the Cardinals did a year ago, I feel like.
1: Let me ask you this. What if you draft Tua and then offer to trade him? Why? Why? Just take Chase
0: Young. You're still not getting Chase Young if you draft Tua.
1: But if I could you more leverage at that point, though. Yeah, you'd be like, hey, listen, we weren't bluffing. We have Tua. He is ours. If you wanted Dolphins, it's going to cost you four picks, four first-round picks.
0: Well – You'll have to tune into Mock Draft Monday to see how that unfolds. Look, those, let's, all right, let's
1: quit beating around the bush. It's a, this is the Monday podcast. People are like I don't. Want, this is a spoiler. Fast forward fifteen seconds if you don't want to find out who I took with number two in the Mock Draft special. Because I took Tua. I took Tua, and it was a spite play, and I'm have to justify it on a freaking TV show on Monday because or today because. I was like, all right, this is obvious. I'm at two. You know, let's figure out how to do a trade. I said, hey, would anybody like to trade? And I gave him 24 hours notice. And we get on a conference call. I was like, Wilson, tell me what you will give me to move from number two to number five. And Ryan goes, no.
0: No, I said, <laughs> I'm not
1: doing it, dum dumb, because you don't have any leverage. And then and I, I said, I will take Tua if you don't trade with me. And you're like, no, you won't. I was like, yeah, watch me. I'm a lunatic. I did not say, no,
0: you won't. I probably said something like, go ahead. And, and that was your cue to go ahead because Bmac has the number 3 pick with the Detroit Lions and I had the, the Dolphins picks and I was about to do a deal with with Bmac and then um as you might expect spiteful brenson by <laughs> the way I'm watching I'm watching the final season of, of Curb finally so you're basically the spite store
1: yes yes I'm latte larrys
0: you're latte larry <laughs>
1: this curb season has been unbelievable by the way yeah uh, uh it's what been uh hey he's like, he's like dating um uh, 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 girl girl's sister. sister, but uh, she's the girl from Always Sunny, uh, Sweet D. Uh, what, um, what, what's your, just, look, let's just get it out there. What's your grade gonna be? Go ahead and spoil it, it's fine. It rhymes with failure. That's not a, is there a letter that rhymes with failure? The first letter, F. <laughs> that's not really a rhyme, that's not how rhymes work. But, I, I get you. Are you really gonna give me an F for the two of it? Josh, what would you give someone who took two a number two overall out
0: of spite? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, spite wouldn't be the strongest reasoning I would use to take a quarterback at number two overall. But uh, you know, I'm I'm a firm believer that you got to get the quarterback position right. So if you don't have it right, if they don't believe Dwayne Haskins is the answer, then you have to consider two. I, you know, if two is healthy, I think he's the better option at quarterback. But at the same time, I just don't think it's it's likely for Washington at this point. But one question, because I did watch last week's live mock draft special. You guys did a fantastic job. But one question I had for Will. How
1: surprised were you to get Pete's only A, a in the entire draft? Did you see my face? I was surprised it hadn't become a meme yet. I was shocked. What people was that? He was that? Came, uh, Henry Ruggs, I think.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, okay.
1: To the Broncos. I was I he was I was, he started firing up. I was like, Oh my god, he's gonna give me another F? This is ridiculous. Uh then he gave me an A it was an A plus, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh of course this also led to me getting Absolutely blowtorched by, uh, Dan Katz, uh, Barstool Big Cat on, pardon my take over my background here. Um, if you didn't hear it, go listen to like, is it Friday show, Diva, Friday show where you guys played it for the mailbag? They played the clip and I mean, Dan, I mean, just rips me to shreds. Like the, if, if, if this, if the setup behind me, and you guys can see it, people can see it on video all the time, like if, if my setup was something I put together, like right when quarantine started, it'd be fine, but like it's been this way for three years. So that's sort of, that's sort of depressing. And unfortunately I have to do spite shelves now. Shame shelves. Shame shelves now. Uh, but I have to wait one or two weeks before I put these shelves in, just out of pure, you know, because I don't want to be humiliated. The other trade that I thought was really interesting, and this actually matches up, I believe, with one from our mock draft. Again, I don't want to spoil everything. Watch it 12 to three. Uh, noon to three Eastern, CBS Sports HQ on your CBS Sports app and your phone, Roku, Amazon Fire Sticks, uh, Apple TV, wherever you get your, your CBS Sports content. It's free to watch 24-7 Streaming Sports Network. And we also have a show, by the way, uh, eight to, we'll tell you about that later though. Um, you have the Bucks swapping with the Panthers at number seven, Ryan. Was that born out of, uh, in your latest mock? Was that born out of the mock draft special?
0: Did you get a little inspiration out of the mock draft special? Uh, here's what, um, Actually the, the terms are the same that um took place in the mock draft special and because if you look at the draft value chart it sort of sort of sinks up. So the Bucks go from fourteen to seven because um look man, you gotta protect Tom Brady. If you hang around at fourteen, there's no guarantee those top four offensive linemen are, are gonna be there. Andrew Thomas, Tristan Wirfs, Jedrick Wills, uh who's the other one? Uh Meki Becton. I Becton, thank you. Yeah, so the, all those guys could be gone if you're at 14, and you could take a defensive tackle if you want there Uh um, if you're the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or you can just trade up, sort it out. Now, look, they have other needs, and they just did resign uh Dominican Suh, so maybe that's the reason that they're not so much concerned about it, one-year deal. So if you give up a second-round pick uh, in addition to the 14th pick to get to number seven and you get that offensive tackle, I had him taking Tristan Wirfs, who I would like a lot, there is no second round pick to get a defensive tackle. There's no second round pick to get a, a slot receiver if that's what you want to do for Tom Brady to to um to fill out the the wide receiver core along with, with uh Chris Godwin and, and Mike Evans. But that can also be okay. You can circle back in round three and fill those needs and, and and in day three as well with the wide receivers. So that's the math you're doing. But I think the most important thing to do is to protect Tommy and um if that means trading up a few spots for only a second round pick, I feel like you gotta do it.
1: Josh, you have the Buccaneers actually landing Makai Becton at number 14 overall in your seven round mock draft, which I think is interesting. And your, your, your blurb here was like Tampa Bay runs the risk of missing out on the top offensive tackles by standing pat. And you're a hundred percent right. Um, sort of a two part question about the pick though. Like, one is, like, getting Becton there is a big bonus for them, I think, in this scenario. And it happens because the, the 49ers take rugs at 13 and, uh, and the Browns and, uh, or the Jets and the Raiders both go with, uh, wide receivers as well. Do you think that Beckton is capable of stepping in and protecting Tom Brady right now, or is he still too, maybe a little bit raw? Uh, and what do you think about that trade up scenario for, for Tampa Bay that Ryan mentioned? Yeah, I
2: think Beckton could step in right away and play left tackle pretty seamlessly. I mean, he has some room for growth. He's, he's definitely got to work on his past sets a little bit, but his physical profile is just tremendous. I mean, teams are going to have a hard time to get un- around it's un- him. Un- it's unprecedented. Yeah. Un- it. I mean, exactly. Like- Just because of his size alone, teams are going to have a hard time getting around him. So you allow him to continue growing. Uh, he's only going to get better with age. And, and that's certainly a, a, a steal at number 14 for Tampa Bay. But back to Ryan kind of projecting number set or the trade up to number seven. Tampa Bay is a team that I had kind of circled as a possible trade up candidate for my article tomorrow. I was talking about our, uh, this with our editor, RJ White. Um, about why Tampa Bay might trade up because you're looking at possibly the Giants at number four, kicking this run on tackles off. And then you've got the Cardinals, you've got the Jaguars, you've got the Browns, you've got the Jets, that's four picks in a row. So you could lose all four players before you get to pick number 12. So Tampa Bay, like I said, runs the risk of not having a left tackle for Tom Brady. And with, with having already made such a large investment into Brady I can't imagine that they would not be willing to move up a little bit to secure a potential left tackle. But at the same time, they've only got seven picks. So they're probably going to have to get up, give up some, some future
1: compensation.
2: Uh, but I can't see a scenario where Tampa Bay goes out of the first round without an offensive tackle.
1: Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. Ryan, what... Uh... I think somebody started mowing a lawn at Josh's place. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly
2: right. I was going to say that. I don't know if you guys can hear this, but of I'll course look. the neighbor would start mowing his yard at the exact time. I would act like that's a surprise, but it's completely expected when you do this for so long.
1: Well, I will say, too, that like uh, you can't really get mad at somebody for mowing their lawn at 445 on a Sunday afternoon uh, in, in with the quarantine going on. Like You're going to be like, hey, pal, I'm podcasting here. <laughs> Uh, Ryan, what was the compensation? Did you say what the compensation was for Tampa Bay and, and Carolina in that swap? Fourteen and
0: forty-five to get to seven, and I can tell you exactly what the Panthers got out of it. Panthers get go down to fourteen. They get Derek Brown, the defensive tackle. Oh, okay. Out of um, Auburn, oh. and then at forty-five, they get cornerback Bryce Hall out of UVA, who I actually liked a lot. He got hurt. Uh, he missed, uh, like the second half of the season, I, I think with an ankle injury is what it was. But if he had come out a year ago, I think he would have been a first round pick. He, he's, he's a really good physical cornerback. And, um, right there, you get the best defensive tackle in the class and you get one of the, one of the best cornerbacks. Uh, that's not a bad haul for just going down seven spots.
1: Yeah. I, Cause, uh, when, um, again, I'm not trying to spoil the Macho Special 12 to three, near, 2, noon to three Eastern on, uh, CBS Sports HQ, but like Breach did the trade. Uh, I think with Jonathan Jones, like, they swapped it. And, like, they he just gave him a second-round pick to move up seven spots. I was like, man, he got fleeced. But then I, I think you're right. Like, unless the Panthers are just head over heels in love with Isaiah Simmons or one of these offensive tackles um, or, you know, a cornerback or something like that, um, I would do the Bryce Hall plus Derek Brown for whoever you would be trying to get uh, a, a, up there at number seven. Josh, who else is on your primary trade list up? Uh, in terms of teams that might want to make a play.
2: Yeah. So I was going through the first round. I was trying to come up with some teams that just made sense from a, you know, here's what they need. Here's where they need to be in order to get one of those prime players at that position. So I looked at the chargers because they're obviously in the market for a quarterback, but they like Tampa Bay um, only have seven draft picks. So that comes into play here. You got to look at draft capital and a team's ability to be able to move around. So, I looked at a lot of the teams that could do both. They need a position, but they also have a lot of draft capital. That brought me to the Patriots, who obviously may need a quarterback. They have 12 draft picks this year. Miami, who Ryan mentioned earlier, has 14 draft picks. Um, Jacksonville, 12 draft picks. Minnesota, 12. Green Bay, 10. Those are some teams that are in position to possibly trade up. Um, in the first round, they've all got these needs. Green Bay possibly needs a wide receiver or a tight end. Minnesota, wide receiver, cornerback. Jacksonville, defensive tackle, offensive tackle. And then the Patriots, the, the Dolphins need a quarterback. So those five teams kind of stick out to me as teams that could potentially trade up in the first round.
1: Uh, Ryan, you're
0: yes, Ryan, go ahead. I'll follow up with with Josh. He's, he mentioned the Patriots. So I actually have the Patriots trading up into round two to get the number – pick number 50. If you're the Patriots and you get to pick number fifty, they didn't take a quarterback in round one. Who you who might you be targeting if you're Bill Belichick at number fifty? Then I'll, I'll I'll let you know. Oh, Jalen Hurts. Josh, you have any guesses?
2: Well, if it's not Jalen Hurts, I would say it's almost gotta be Jacob Eason.
0: It's Jalen Hurts. Good job, Brinson And Josh. Uh
1: so oh, I, have, oh, I have clip that. Clip. Good job, Brinson, and put it in the permanent file.
0: Uh so I have him trade him to fifty and the Bears get number eighty seven. Number 98 and number 100, those are all third-round picks. And the Bears, as you recall, have like one-and-a-half draft picks because they kept sending them, sending them away for uh, for various reasons. Anthony Miller, I think, and then, of course, Khalil Mack. So they get a ton of picks. They get out of the second round, they don't have a second-rounder, but that might be okay. Um, and uh, the Patriots go up and get Jalen Hurts. I would love to see Jalen Hurts in New England.
1: I really think there's something to this idea that, and it sort of floated like in va- vaguely around in NFL circles for the last few years, but that Bill Belichick... Might want to try his hand at a mobile quarterback and he's behind the curve in terms of the, you know, the, the, the money ball economic asp- aspect of it. Uh, but, because, but that's just because Tom Brady managed to age gracefully. Like otherwise, you know what I mean? Like, like it does feel like he would want to try and test out something and like maybe, maybe, you know, the Saints were worried that the bats were going to come get Taysom Hill and that's why they used a first round 10 or something like, you know what I mean? It just feels like there's something legitimate to that.
0: Well, how about this? Two words. Cam Newton. Sure. You can be athletic as you want to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, there were there was a little Twitter buzz, and it was just Twitter rumor, because I had people texting me about it on uh Saturday afternoon that Cam was Cam and the Chargers might be happening, but I don't think anything actually uh, occurred with it. You have the Jaguars trading up as well from number twenty. Ryan, you have the Jaguars trading up twenty to seventeen, making a swap with the Cowboys. What was the impetus for that?
0: Yeah, so the Jaguars did they got Makai Beckton at number nine. Uh, they didn't want to wait around until twenty. They were a little nervous that the the Patriots and or the Saints might try to leapfrog them. So they go up to seventeen, swap with the the um, the Cowboys, and it actually didn't cost them a whole bunch. It cost them seventeenth um, pick, and the Dallas gets that twentieth pick, and then and two four I think a fourth and fifth rounder. Um, but they get to seventeen. They take Jordan Love. Oh, that's at, a little spicy at the quarterback situation. So look, man, Gardner Minshew. Is he the answer? We don't know. Nick Foles obviously isn't, so there is no plan B behind that. Go get that franchise quarterback. Let him sit for as long as you possibly can, and uh, then one less thing. you know, We just talked about Tua going number two. Well, the Jaguars moving up three spots doesn't seem insane if they really like Jordan Love.
1: What's the lowest you think Jordan Love could go,
0: Josh?
2: I would say the Patriots pick there in, in uh, well – I would say the 20s is probably the latest. I could see New Orleans possibly moving up to, to try and secure him. Obviously, they don't have Teddy Bridgewater anymore. We don't know how much longer Drew Brees is going to play. New Orleans has been really aggressive in the first round of previous years. That's one scenario I could see play out. I actually love Ryan's suggestion of the Jaguars because as well as Gardner Minshew played last year, I don't know if he's got the the, the talent level that's going to be able to get them to where they want to be. So... You kind of throw another dart at the board, possibly get a franchise quarterback with with Jordan Love, after getting your top tackle prospect and bet in Becton earlier in the draft. I think that's 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 a really great first day scenario for Jacksonville, a team that has a lot of draft capital and and, and certainly needs to use it in some capacity. Might as well uh, benefit them in the long run.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think the uh, the Jordan Love thing is interesting. It feels like this guy might be the byproduct of. A uh, bizarre. I like, are you in on Jordan Love Ryan as an actual prospect?
0: Yeah, I like him a lot. He okay. played a terrible football team last year. So you would be okay using a first round pick on him? Oh, 100%. I don't know if he'll be there at 20. Like, um, yeah, I like him better than Justin Herbert. Oh, okay.
1: Is he any chance he can creep up above Tua on your list? No,
0: nah, if Tua's not healthy, yeah, of course, but no, Tua's Two was 1B to Joe Burrow and two was 100%. Two was awesome. We just sort of forget that because our lasting image of him is crumpled in the turf against Mississippi State because he was in that game at the end of the first half for no clear reason.
1: Yeah, man. I was out, I was just, just coming from mowing my lawn watching that. Like, what is he doing out there? And then, like, the announcers are even like, yeah, two demanded to go back out there. Boom. And he just gets crushed. Uh, trade down candidates.
0: Here, let me do, let me add one more real quick before we move on. I had one more trade up into the first round. The Browns at number 10. Got Javon in law because all the offensive linemen were gone. So at 32, the Chiefs don't really have a huge need. They could take, you know, I, I think you and Josh both like running backs there occasionally. Um, they could draft a cornerback. Uh, uh, but the Browns trade up from 42 to, from, was it 42? From 41 to 32 to get back into the end of the first round and take an offensive lineman. Ezra Cleveland, it cost them the 41st pick and then um, a compensatory pick, 97 in the third round. And that way they have the uh, offensive tackle for Baker. And they have a defensive tackle for Miles Scared. And um you get you kill two birds in the first round and it doesn't seem like a terrible idea for the ninety seventh pick.
1: Uh y'all talk to me a, a little bit about Ezra Cleveland because uh I think he will be surprising people with where he goes in our mock draft show. Um seems like there's some positive buzz building for him. Like this always I mean this happens, like as uh you know, as teams figure out who these prospects are more and more and start to dig into them, uh you see it infiltrating mock drafts. And that means that people, you know, these teams are talking about these players to people who are doing it. So uh is Ezra Cleveland a viable first rounder, Josh?
2: Absolutely. I I mean I really liked this film. I was a little bit surprised he wasn't getting more attention in the first round. Um even before the Combine, I was you know, when I was at the Combine, everybody was doing their interviews and there's just this pool of media around you know the big names andrew thomas tristan wirfs those kind of guys there was nobody in front of ezra cleveland ezra cleveland's podium so i actually took a picture just to kind of say this is going to change because you may not be familiar with him now but you will be eventually because his tape was really good and then he comes out and blows everybody away with his combine performance and that was when he arrived everybody kind of started considering him as a first round pick at that point um, he's just a really clean prospect. I think that's a, that's a fantastic pick for a team that needs an offensive tackle at the, end of, at, at the end of the first round. If Cleveland can't get one of their four offensive tackles in number 10, uh, which would be pretty disappointing, I think Ezra Cleveland is a really strong option for them in the back of the, in, in the, back of the first round.
1: Ryan, what's the gap here between uh, Ezra Cleveland and uh, worse, Thomas, Becton, and uh, uh, who's the other guy? Who am forgetting? Worse
0: Thomas Wills. Bechtel. Wills. Thank you. Uh, here's the thing. Like, he's extremely athletic, and you even saw that sort of before he went to the combine. Um, and Cleveland did a lot of one-on-one blocking. Like, he was required to handle the edge rusher time and time and time again, and he did it really, really well. There are issues about his, his strength. He needs to get stronger, but you said that about every offensive lineman. Uh, and the other issue that, that some, some, that will concern some people is that who did Boise State play? And that's sort of the same, Argument you have about Curtis Weaver, their edge rusher, who put up some insane numbers. He's not nearly as athletic as Cleveland, but Boise State doesn't really play anyone. They play Florida State, I think, in the in the week one game. That um, Florida
1: State team stunk too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Cam Akers had a long touchdown run, but and Josh knows it, that Florida State offensive line was dog doo doo. So I mean, he basically did that by himself. So that's the thing. You're sort of projecting how is how is Cleveland going to be? As Cleveland going to be in Cleveland, uh, having not played against some, you know, the, the, the power five all the time. But I, I think at the bottom of the first round, it, it's, it's almost a no-brainer. So he, he's not nearly as refined as some of the guys we've talked about. Um, he's not nearly as strong as Makai Becton, but no one is. But um, he can come in right away and have success. That offensive line, especially the left tackle position, is a huge question mark in Cleveland after Joe Thomas left. And now they have Jack Conklin. So it steps in the right direction to protect Baker Mayfield and make Stefanski's job easier.
1: All right. Uh, what about trade down? We mentioned the Redskins, of course. Uh, of course, the Lions make sense at three. Ryan had them trading with the Dolphins uh, in that spot. Maybe, maybe the Giants could trade down. It would be to—I mean, look—if the Giants are there and Tua's on the board, the if Tua's—if if the if the Redskins and and the Lions stand pat and take their guys because you know the Dolphins aren't willing to pay to come up to get Tua or they're, they have concerns about the health or they maybe they just want to go with Justin Herbert and. Dave Gettleman sitting there at number four with Tua on the clock, with Tua still on the board. This is a guy who's never in his in in, in all his years running, uh, you know, franchises as a GM has never traded back out of his first, never traded up or back out of his first round pick. He just doesn't move. He stands back. He takes the same thing. I think it would be a real signal to everyone that the analytics group, the computer folk, if you if you prefer, uh, have, have an actual uh, influence on the Giants' front office if the Giants were to make a move back. No
2: question. I mean, I I think it was brought up on Pick 6 earlier this week that it kind of seems like analytics has already started to play a role in their decision-making because taking or or signing a cornerback to such a large deal like they did with James Bradbury is not something that they would have done under Dave Gettleman in the past. So, you know, times are are changing. It's going to be this 2020 NFL draft where – Team personnel has like five, seven people in the room making picks over a teleconference. I mean, this is a wacky draft as it is, so it would only compound things to uh, to have Dave Gettleman draft or trade back. I think that's a possible scenario. Somebody in the top five is going to do it, whether it's the Lions, the Redskins, or the Giants. Somebody's going to do some moving, so one of those two teams, the Dolphins or the Chargers, can move up and take two.
0: Josh mentioned um, only having potentially five or seven people in the draft room. Maybe they'll change the card key, and Dave Gettleman can't even get in. And maybe that'll solve the problem.
1: I like to imagine Dave Gettleman walking around like the office or like the Giants office, and he like goes up to some like like new kid that they hired, like some analytics kid who's like, he's like, you look at I, I got an email on this phone. It's incredible. It's, you know, it's like so like like yeah, you can you can browse the internet and look at comics on here. It's unbelievable. Something of that nature. I don't know if that was a good Dave Gettleman or not. Probably yeah, not. it changes, but every time I could sort of see Dave. I, I do change my Dave Gettleman impersonation every single time. Like there, he was, uh, some sort of low level mafia informant type. Uh, let's, uh, anybody else that, uh, could be a trade down candidate? We mentioned the Panthers. Anybody else, uh, that you guys have in mind?
0: Well, I mentioned the Chiefs as well, um, at the bottom of the first round because they really have nothing. The Ravens like to trade down a lot. I mean, historically, but if there's like a linebacker like Kenneth Murray, Patrick Queen, you would imagine they, they would go after that. Uh Debo would probably not be happy if the Eagles traded down from twenty-one and missed out on a wide receiver. So, uh,
1: what? You could, I mean, I think it, if you're if if uh Judy, C.D. Lamb, and Henry Ruggs are gone, you could trade down and get Justin Jefferson, pick up some extra picks.
0: Yeah, no, that would make sense. But if one of those guys are there, I would imagine. Stand put would be preferred by most Eagles fans.
1: Are we are we just out on T. Higgins in the first round? Is that that's not a thing, right?
0: Josh had him going, I think, in his last, in a seven round mock in, in the first round. I'm not crazy about I would rather have I think Josh had T. Higgins going ahead of Denzel Mims. I like Denzel Mims a little more, but I don't know if Josh I mean, Josh has a, a mock draft every week too, so I don't know if he's just doing it for variety's sake or if he feels that way.
2: I I still like T. Higgins. I think his upside is is still pretty substantial when you compare it to a guy like Denzel Mims, but I would not be surprised if Mims went first or Higgins went first. You can throw Brandon Iyuk in that group. I think Justin Jefferson is clearly going to be gone at that point. Um, those would be kind of the two, probably Mims or Higgins, if you need a big wide receiver, those would be the two options there. But two teams that I think could trade back out of the first round, there in the second half of the first round, are the 49ers and the Seahawks. The Seahawks always trade back. Um, so that would not be any change for them to do it again this year. The 49ers, they do have number 13 and number 31 overall, but their next pick is not until like the fifth round. So I would not be surprised if they didn't trade out of that number 31 overall pick, pick up some additional uh, draft assets and then possibly be able to make some other big moves throughout the course of the draft.
1: I think if you set the over under uh, for 49ers first round trade downs at one and a half. I would hit the over. I think, I think they'll trade if, unless they just love CD Lamb or Henry Ruggs or if Jerry, one of those wide receivers, uh, or if they're in love with uh, those receivers or one of those tackles, I could see them staying at 13. I think they will try and trade back with both of those picks, knowing they can still stay in the the meat of the draft, uh, and to try and acquire additional capital. Uh, the uh, 49ers are out west. What about the teams up north? The Lions, the Vikings ryan steelers what will they do coming up after the break we look at the nfc north and afc north team needs
2: you can now relive the best moments of the uefa champions league 24 7 the uefa champions league channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals highlights and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel. Streaming around the clock on Pluto TV, the CBS Sports app, and streaming on
1: Paramount Plus. Exclusively on Paramount Plus. It was meant to be a farewell concert, but it changed the music industry forever. We got to do it again, and launched the careers of countless artists. We had all been underground bands, but that was changing. All while giving the mainstream the middle finger. That's entertainment. Don't miss this three-part docu series that was 30 years in the making. La, La The Story of La New docu series now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to paramountplus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Let's start with Detroit, the Detroit Lions, and Matt Patricia, your favorite person, Ryan. Uh, mm-hmm. what is, uh, what's the biggest need for the Lions right now? Well, they need a cornerback because they traded Darius Slay
0: to the Eagles. Who do I have them taking? Oh, I have them trading and taking Isaiah Simmons. So um, they have a need at linebacker, and they, they they can fill that, obviously, with Isaiah Simmons who can play just about everywhere. Um, you can get an edge rusher if you want. Trey Flowers is there, but they need to improve their edge rush. Um who also have not taken? let me see, throughout the three-rounders.
1: Would you rather have uh Jeff Okuda or Isaiah Simmons plus an extra pick?
0: Oh, Isaiah Simmons and is an extra pick. I love Okuda, too. By the way, so I had him taking Isaiah Simmons in, in this sort of trade down with the Dolphins scenario. They got Xavier McKinney at the top of round two, and then a few weeks later they got Jonathan Taylor, a running back. So they do have needs a running back, too. on Johnson, obviously, he's the only show in town, but you might want to help uh Matthew Stafford. And um so those are those are three sort of needs that I targeted, but I think cornerback is probably number one. I had them circling back on the round three, getting Cameron Dancer, who I like, but he ran really slow at the combine.
1: How do you see them approaching this draft, Josh?
2: Well, I we've talked about this previously. Matt Patricia, I mean, this is probably his last year, so he's it's, gotta make it's
1: put it's put up or shut up. I mean Martha Firestone Ford. Which, by the way, she, so she was Firestone initially. Was that like Firestone Tire? Like she married the Tire, like the Tire heiress, married a, 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 a motor magnet. That's incredible. Is that right? I'm just making it up as we go. Like I haven't even bothered to look at Wikipedia. I assume Debo will handle that. Um, anyway, you continue on. Sorry.
2: <laughs> no, I actually had that same thought earlier when you mentioned uh, Martha Firestone Ford. So I'm actually curious to know that myself. But when you look at Detroit – Um, You know, they lost three defensive tackles, I believe, with Mike Daniels, Ashawn Robinson, Snacks Harrison. So interior defensive line is another position they may have to address as well. But they need to take whoever is at the top of their board. They need an an immediate impact player because, again, this is probably Matt Patricia Bob, Bob Quinn's final year. If they're not able to get the job done in uh, 2020 so or 2021, <laughs> whenever we get to play some football, this is probably going to be their final year unless they showed some results. So they've got to get somebody that's going to make a big impact on this team right away. Uh,
1: by the way, uh, Martha Ford's father, Harvey S. Firestone, was the founder of Firestone Tire and Rubber Company. So, a uh, and she, uh, according to Wikipedia, uh, Martha met William Clay Ford at a lunch in New York City that was arranged and attended by both of their mothers. Talk about some old school. That ain't ain't like your little, uh, what what are you on, Debo, the hitch? Ain't like hitch. You're just swiping through, flying through women. This is doing it classy, bringing your moms to lunch to set up the the magnet lunch. Uh, Hinge. What did I say, hitch? Uh,
0: Your favorite Will Smith movie, hitch. so bad.
1: Uh, I've got a... Bit of uh, Martha Firestone Ford trivia for you that I will give you. I'm trying to think, of, I will give you. I will mail you my Philip Rivers doll if you can oh, get. Oh, to ask for the Philip Rivers doll. What's the question? Is so, so you're going to ask for? Really? Because yeah, I knew you wouldn't give it up. I'm assuming you haven't looked at Wikipedia or cheated here. If you know this, I will mail you my Philip Rivers doll. What was Martha Firestone? Martha at the time just Martha Firestone. Um, Oh no! Yeah, Martha Firestone. What was her nickname in college at Vassar? Uh, you you got a guess, Josh?
2: No, and I'm afraid half the answers would probably not be appropriate for what we're what we're going through here so i'll probably just sit
1: this one out <laughs> oh, so you guys are just not gonna guess that's oh i'll guess point.
0: i'm trying to i was trying to buy time by making josh go first he is right these are fireable offenses potentially
1: and we're doing we're saying hey let's guess it let's guess what an 80 year old billionaire lady's nickname was in college i got it hot pants hot pants wow that's good her nickname was
0: stony Ah, uh, i was gonna say like maddie ice like a opposite of fire martha maddie our fire Stony. starter.
1: I, I mean, that's. I, I guess that was like. I, I'm assuming it was something else. I don't know what it was for, but I just was floored. Firestone. By. That's a, that's why stone. Um, Hard part there. She then was a vassar student at the college nickname Stony. Oh yeah, I guess Firestone. Yeah, that works. Stony. Hey Stony. I do not do that math. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> why did they call her Fire Lady? <laughs> All right, moving along. To uh, a team that's not owned by a tire and uh, car magnet, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, what do we think that the Minnesota Vikings, uh, how will they approach this draft? Because in my mind, they will probably do what they've done a lot, uh, and that is draft cornerbacks, because that's what Mike Zimmer likes to do and just what he's good at, right? Yeah, yeah they almost have to. I mean, Sorry, they, I they let Mackenzie Alexander
2: walk. They let Trey Waynes walk. Xavier Rhodes is gone. So, I mean, they've pretty much – vanquish that entire cornerback room, they've got to make a, a move in the first round to get a cornerback, and they're probably going to take a couple more before the draft is over.
0: Yeah, I sort of joked that the Buccaneers should only draft offensive linemen, but I'm sort of joking that the Vikings should only draft defensive backs. So uh continuing with the joke theme, at number 22, I had the Vikings taking the cornerback. I'll give you guys uh, one guess who I had them taking.
1: Um, Martha Ford. Josh knows who it is.
2: It's gotta be Stephon's little brother, right,
1: Trevon? Yeah, yeah. Take Trevon Diggs,
0: and I said this. I think I said this on HQ earlier on Sunday. Uh, Is that
1: Stephon Diggs' little brother?
0: Yeah, he's taller, but he
1: can't take him.
0: So you take no, but it gets better. You take him. He's a. I think he's a really good cornerback. He's sort of been underrated. And then you don't play him. No, you make him play wide receiver, (laughs) (laughs) and you give him Stephon's number. Done and done. That'd be, that'd be pretty funny. The fans aren't mad that they bought the Stephon Diggs jersey. They can't use it anymore. It's easy. Yeah, so I'm okay. picking Stephon Diggs, and then I had him picking another cornerback. I wasn't even kidding. In, in, in round two, I'm picking Damon Arnett of Ohio State. Because I mean, look, if they did that at the top two
1: or three, I don't think that anyone would be like, oh, that's crazy. They need cornerbacks. I just don't think they can take Stephon Diggs' little brother. I don't think he, No, a, they may not.
0: That, I sort of did that tongue in cheek. They they probably won't do that.
1: That'd be hilarious. Is he a legitimate first round pick?
0: I, I think people have him like First or second. I think Josh may have had him going second round in his latest mock draft, and I've had him going second in some of these three-rounders. But I like him. I like him more than I think some people do. People point to the LSU game. I don't think he played that poorly against LSU. He was playing against Jamar Chase and and Joe Burrow. Uh, it's okay if you get burned occasionally. The one touchdown he gave up, I think it was the first touchdown of the game, he just got beat on a back-shoulder throw. I mean, there are very few people who are going to you know, win on back-shoulder throws as a cornerback. But he's big. He's strong. There's some questions about his deep speed. I, I know I've talked to people that think he – made a business decision last year because he didn't play very hard. But a lot of players do that in college because they don't
1: want to get hurt. Uh, Josh, the Green Bay Packers, another team in the NFC North, um, it seems safe to reason that they might consider going for a weapon for Aaron Rodgers uh, in uh, late in the first round if they end up staying where they are. They lost uh, Brian Balaga, Blake Martinez, and notably Jimmy Graham, who signed a big, Crazy big deal with the Bears, even though he wasn't great. I mean, he's still a pass catcher, and he had some big plays in the, in the playoffs. So uh, what could you see them doing in the first round here? So in my most recent, I
2: gave them Cole Komet, the tight end out of Notre Dame. That may be a little bit too early for where he's projected, but they're pretty desperate. I mean, they this is a team that pretty much went all in on Austin Hooper and free agency before he signed with the Browns. They clearly need a tight end. I mean, that's been a staple of their offense for quite some time. And they really don't have a viable candidate on the roster unless you want to uh, look at Jay Sternberger, who you know has shown some flashes, but he needs to continue developing. Tight end would be an option, maybe Denzel Mims, Brandon Ayuk. Um, you know, we talked about T. Higgins earlier, a guy that I love for them in the second round, Lynn Bowden Jr. from Kentucky. He's got a lot of similarities to Randall Cobb for me, a guy that can handle return abilities plus really do a lot of special things when he's got the ball in his hand after the catch. So that's a guy I think is a perfect fit for what they want to try to do their late second round.
0: Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Lynn Bowden because I thought about giving him to the Packers as well for the reasons you mentioned, uh, the Randall Cobb connection. I had him going in the third round to the Saints because he's the younger, cheaper, better version of Tyson uh, Tays- Taysom Hill. Um, and I don't, I don't think Josh mentioned it, but he played quarterback, what, four or five games last year too, Josh, because the quarterback was hurt? Yeah, he played about half the
2: season. Um they did not throw many passes with him at quarterback, which probably hampered the likes of some of their other wide receivers that were on the roster, but he is just incredible when you get him in space. I mean, you've got him in the phone booth, he can make guys miss. He's got that kind of agility. It's it's pretty special. I don't know if um how many people have actually watched him play, but he's he's a pretty special talent.
1: Oh yeah, he uh he played quarterback in the bowl game against uh Virginia Tech and had a I want to say he had a really good day or maybe oh no, he ran the ball like crazy. He had thirty-four rushing attempts for two hundred and thirty three yards. I mean the dude was all over the place. making people miss left and right. Yeah that's that be that's an interesting play. I like that idea. Get the ball in his hands, use him as a modern weapon. All right, let's move along to unless you got something else you want to add to the Packers. Let's move along through to the Bears. The Chicago Bears I don't know. Ryan Pace, go do whatever you want to do. It's going to be bad. It's not going to work out. Uh, they don't have a pick until number 43. And, um, you have them taking Jacob Eason, Ryan? Yeah, I do. Back to back weeks. They need a quarterback. Did we talk about this already? I don't know if we talked about it last week. Um, they need a
0: quarterback and Jacob. I think I like Jacob Eason more than most people. He had a, the first half of the season, he was really good.
1: Can, can Can I just say, by the way, that I don't think, I know that they need a quarterback. I don't think Ryan Pace thinks they need a quarterback, and well, there's a big difference between what we think, what the reality is, and what he thinks. I will say this: I think
0: Ryan Pace knows they need a quarterback, but he can't say it out loud because he's tied his wagon to Mr. Biscay, and Mr. Biscay is running as fast as he can over the edge of that cliff, and Ryan Pace can go right. To, I don't know what Ryan Pace thinks. He knows how this is going to end. It's going to end with him getting fired, probably in what is this March, probably in ten, ten, eleven months, Um because you know Nick Foles is going to come in. He's going to be terrible, and they just refused. And, you know, the whole thing is going to – the conversation is going to start when – the first paragraph of his story when he gets fired is uh, he passed on to Sean Watson and Patrick Mahomes.
1: Hey, but, hey, by the way, do you know what uh, Virginia McCaskey's nickname in college was? Virginia Slim. <laughs> that's, that's actually a pretty good. one. I, I'm joking. I have no idea. We're not yeah. going to certain Anyway, continue on. Sorry.
0: Yeah, so I have them taking Jacob Eason to 43. They have a ton of other needs, but this is also the scenario we talked about before the break where I had the Patriots trade him to 50 so the Bears could get a bunch of draft picks in the third round. I had them taking Michael uh, Ojemedia, the uh, cornerback out of Iowa, and then uh, Sadiq Charles, the the offensive tackle at LSU, and then Tyler Johnson, uh, the controversial wide receiver out of Minnesota. I like him. I like him a lot, Tyler Johnson. But you talk to people like, eh, he doesn't do anything that sort of blows you away. But he puts up crazy numbers. Anyway, four picks, three picks are better than one for the Bears because they need a a bunch of stuff to to fix that team. Sorry,
1: Josh. Dive on in on the uh, Bears if you want.
2: So they've got 43, they've got 50. You could talk about a lot of the same players in that range. Travon Diggs, uh, who we mentioned earlier, that could possibly solve a cornerback issue. Noah Igbenogany from Auburn. Jeff Gladney from TCU. Jalen Johnson from Utah. Um, they need some interior offensive linemen. Natane Moody from Fresno State. Lloyd Cushenberry from LSU. Cesar Ruiz from Michigan. And Robert Hunt, a guy who I really love. I talked to somebody at the Combine who... Um, is a big fan of Robert Hunt from Louisiana Lafayette because he played right tackle last year, but his upside as an interior offensive lineman is is pretty special. I mean, obviously you got to project that quite a bit, uh, but he could have a really bright future along the interior offensive line. So I think you'll see him end up going in the second round uh, possibly to the Bears, who, as we noted previously, need an interior offensive lineman.
0: I will say this, by the way, Josh had the uh, Steelers taking Robert Hunt in the second round. I'm fully on board with that pick.
1: Cool. I like it. I, I don't know how I'm down this bizarre rabbit hole of elderly female NFL owners on Wikipedia. Like I'm like reading, I'm like, it's like doing, you guys are talking. I was doing a deep dive reading of Virginia McCaskey's history. I find those ladies so fascinating. Uh, let's talk about the AFC North teams. Before we do, I should point out that the Pick 6 podcast show, if you listen to this podcast on a daily basis, why not get some more of it? Watch us on CBS Sports HQ or 24/7 Streaming Sports Network every single weeknight, Monday through Friday. Uh it turns out that not only did we do an okay job on the show, but uh they liked us. I, the feedback I got was um the two the two the two uh, quotes that we can put on our movie uh our movie when you do the the movie with, poster. Yeah, the movie poster. Uh, the two quotes I got were, uh, somewhat entertaining and quote, surprisingly professional. So, uh, we should, I'm just kidding. I made those up, but, uh, it's actually a really fun show. It's an hour long, eight to nine Eastern. We may have some more news on the changing times to make it easier for people to watch. Update you on that later this week. Uh, but go check that out eight to nine Eastern tonight, tomorrow night, every night you're stuck in your house. Come hang with us. So, so you did make up the movie quote quotes. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, yeah, I thought this was funny.
0: I saw the text. I was like, eh, I can't imagine anyone was actually saying this. I thought you may have been lying to me.
1: Surprisingly, yeah, what did I say? Sur- uh, surprisingly professional. Yeah, something like that. Hey, man, we have fun with the show. Uh The Bengals—they're obviously going to take Joe Burrow, barring—is there, is there any chance they do? They, they go rogue and take somebody else like Tua?
0: Zero. Like there, is, there's a better chance that you run a four-three-five forty tomorrow. that nah. Nah,
1: there's a better chance of Joe
0: Burrow. <laughs> Even Josh is shaking his head. Yes, it's not happening. There's a z- I think
2: Mike Brown is such a buy the book owner that he just cannot, for the life of him, pass up on Joe Burrow. I think that's like at least an easy double uh, and possibly a home run because he's you know he's a pretty gifted player coming off one of the best seasons of college football that we've ever seen. Oh, and he happens to reside in the state of Ohio, so. I mean, this is about as easy it gets for a franchise. I can't even imagine that they screw this up. I would be shocked if it is not Joe Burrow at number one overall.
0: And you uh, talk about the Spite store. Mike Brown built the Spite store next to your Spite store, next to Latte Larry's, next to Mocha Joe's. I mean, he he will... Draft you sheerly out of spite and then pay you
1: to sit there and not do anything. He doesn't yeah. do Yeah, If you tell Mike Brown you don't want to be a bingo, you're going to be a bingo. <laughs> like that's, that's how that dude operates. He has a spite dumpster out back. Um, <laughs> rummages through it to find scraps. What other needs do you think the Bengals have? And, uh, who could they target? I got 33 and 65, Josh. Who do you have them? Who'd you have them taken, uh, in the, in the secondary rounds there? I don't remember who I had them taking specifically. Oh, they awesome.
2: did. Yeah, go ahead. You look that up. I'll I'll, I'll go by who they
1: want. Cesar, Cesar Ruiz, uh, uh, offensive yeah. lineman out of Michigan, and uh, it's very helpful because they're at the uh, the top of the the first round the the round. So you just click on the handy little button there. And Jabari Zuniga, uh, edge out of uh, Florida.
2: Yeah, I think both of those would fill a need. They've got a pretty good defensive line. It's going to be costly this upcoming year with so many veterans. You know, plus the addition of DJ Reader, who I think is very underrated across the NFL. He's, he's a tremendous defensive tackle, but you lose Cordy Glenn, you get Jonah Williams in at left tackle. They've got to address the rest of the offensive line, interior and the, the right tackle position. Um, possibly get another wide receiver quarterback, as we already noted is, is going to be a pretty big emphasis for them. Obviously going to be filled by Joe Burrow in all likelihood, but those would be the positions of need that, I think Cincinnati probably needs to address, but this is a team that's kind of like a, they're very close to probably being in transition because they do have so many veterans on the roster. So you almost have to start considering some of these aging assets on your roster and look for ways to replace them. So that pretty much gives them any option across the board. I think they just need to take the best player available.
0: Yeah, I had him taking Joe Burrow, obviously number one. And then uh, Zach Bond at the top of round two. He's an edge rusher who could kick inside if you need him to. And then Malik Harrison, who plays inside for Ohio State. And um, he's a thumper. So uh, they, they fill the the defensive needs that Josh talked about. And, uh, you know, keep on keeping on. They, they, if they want to get a wide receiver, I think probably day three is a good place to start given the, the other needs they have and that A.J. Green's coming back. But if someone falls there, I mean, if they took Chase Claypool at the top of round three, I don't think I'd hate that.
1: They have a really good chance. I, I really think that I said this on CBS Sports HQ last week, but, um, and if the clip kind of blew up on Twitter, but like, I think the Bengals, I don't, I think you can squint at the Bengals. If they, if they have to have a good draft. Like they need to really hit on these three picks at the top of each of the first three rounds. Like it's really important because you're getting three top 65 players, you know, and this is a draft to me that has a lot of good depth. Like it's not an exceptionally top heavy. Like I don't, I don't know how many. Like truly elite blue chip guys there are at the top of the draft. And maybe you guys, di- you know, uh, you know, think differently, but like, I do think this is a good draft in terms of like from 25 to 65. And so like, I think the Bengals need to come away with three good players. And if you squint, I could see them being the second best team in the division. If like Ben, Ben you know, has trouble with his, you know, returning with his arm and the Browns, Browns it up. Yeah. I, I mean, could
2: see them- yeah, I mean, I can see them being the second team in the division simply because they are bringing back so many veterans from last year's team, whether it's A.J. Green, Geno Atkins. Uh, we're talking about the addition of Jonah Williams already. So they've got a lot of pieces in place. I don't think it's necessarily the best model to have long-term success. But in the immediate present, um, I think you're absolutely right. I think they're, they're a potential sleeper there in the AFC North. Um, I don't think they're really a contender, even with all those pieces returning. But within the AFC North, I think they've certainly got a, a fighting chance.
0: Uh You talked about the Bra- – oh, sorry, Wilson, do you want to talk about the Bengals? Well, I mean, a uh, 20% chance they win eight games, over or under? I mean, probably under.
1: Right, okay. you take over under eight or over under 20? 20%. Um, 10% chance they win eight games. But, like, what if Joe Burrow is just freaking great? What if he's just Joe – what if he's just Swaggy Joe from LSU and he shows up in Cincinnati and he lights the world on fire?
0: But how, how often does that happen? I mean, Kyler Murray had a great year. What did they win? Six, seven games? What did they win? They didn't win seven games.
1: They won seven games. Oh, they did? They won five games? Let's see. <laughs> I don't think they won seven. My point but is I, that – Have you guys noticed that, like, the longer we've been in this quarantine situation, like, the more easily you're forgetting things?
0: Oh, I'm just getting old. I
1: can't remember anything. Like, but it's to, like, but like my usual, my usual uh, brain synapses and processing is not, it's not operating at the. They went five, ten, and one. Like I oh. can't remember, like what the Cardinals record was. I, I, know, been, like, I know, why you're struggling. You are inherently
0: a social person. I am not. Like this is, like this is a typical Sunday for me. Only thing changes is my kids are home all the time. You got to go out. You got to go have. What are you talking about? You got to go have drinks with your buddies at the, the the watering hole. You got to be out. Prancing around the grocery store, people see you. The fact that you're stuck at home, you cannot stay. You're going crazy, prancing
1: around the grocery stores, and people can see me. Pe- <laughs> peacock. That, I meant to say peacock. Peacocking around the grocery stores, so people see me. You think I wear like what do you think I'm the type of person that like wears CBS sports gear and peacocks no, around the grocery no, store no, necessarily? Beg, desperately hoping that somebody would be like, "Hey, are you Will Brinson?"
0: No, no, no. You wear a scarf, no doubt, with a t-shirt, and then you're walking around the, the what? grocery store with your little uh your driving moccasins on i, I know, I've seen this too too many times
1: a scarf with a t-shirt what what sort of vision are you questioning I,
0: I'm making that part up but you do you don't like being at home you can't stand it I'm totally fine with it Josh seems like he can handle it okay you you need social interaction whereas I don't necessarily need that I love being at home yeah it's, it's not with my you, you've been I've known you for 12 years this is as punchy as you've ever been these last two two weeks I mean it's pretty tense times dude let me put it to you this way: How's the AK on the the Brinson meter? Like, does she think Brinson's a lot of fun to be around now, or is, is this like,
1: yeah, that's what, my point? What's the what's the meter? What's like a one? Like They're ten not-
0: is your wedding, your wedding, and and zero is uh I'm ten seconds away from stabbing this man to death. <laughs>
1: Three and a half, probably. There we go.
2: <laughs> yeah, I just wish people could have seen the little, uh, sh- the little shoulder shimmy dance that Ryan did there to, to describe well when he's peacocking.
1: <laughs> yeah. um, I think that AK and I have, um, an understanding. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. I think that we have a different perspective on, uh, what say the uh, like the, uh, on on how to handle this quarantine situation so she's like i'm gonna go to the store and get some eye cream it's like no, no. like get, get no like you need to get a list of things if you want to go to the store go to the store but get a big list of things like you don't need to go to the store to get eye cream just to get out of the house we're we're on lockdown here oh like, no you actually misspoke I meant to say ice cream she literally meant eye cream <laughs> i cream for her eyes not ice cream Cream. She's like, my cream's not working. I need a different eye cream. I was like, maybe just don't worry about the eye cream, you know? Because I could make an argument for going to the store for ice cream no matter the situation. Eye cream? Yeah. She's like, she was like, I want to go to the beach with, and see my mom. Her mom is now insisting that we come down with Robbie, you know and she was like, can you go? I was like, well, one, we've been ordered not to leave our homes by the government. uh Two, I have to work all the time. She's like, mm. I don't know, what do you want me to do? Got to work. Debo won't let me off this podcast. Um, all right, let's move on. The Browns, we mentioned that they could uh, – I don't need to air my personal laundry on here. Too late. Yep. Uh, you mentioned the Browns could trade up into the first round. Um, could they, Ryan, trade up from 10 if they're worried? Because you haven't taken Javon Kinlaw. Could they be worried about missing out on one of those offensive linemen to make a play up, you think?
0: Yeah, if they love – I mean, I mentioned Ezra Cleveland at the bottom of the first round. He's not in the top four conversation. He's probably not top five if you like Josh Jones, and I like Josh Jones. So, yeah, they can certainly trade up, and it depends on how serious, um, they are about addressing that left tackle position. We mentioned Jack Conklin. I just saw Chris Hubbard, the right tackle they side from Pittsburgh, just took, uh, restructured his deal. Um, he could even play guard if you need him to. They need help there, too. So if they want, if they feel like the final piece is, uh, Makai Beckton or Tristan Wirfs moving over to the left side or Andrew Thomas, they could certainly go up there and do that. And I, I don't think, I'm trying to think how far would they have to go up. Maybe two or three spots, maybe to the Panthers at
1: seven, and, and they should be in good shape. Josh, your thoughts on Cleveland and their setup right now?
2: Yeah, I think if they were to miss out on the top four tackle options, I think even a trade down is possible there. Um, just to possibly move down, get some extra draft capital, and still take a Josh Jones and Austin Jackson or, or an Ezra Cleveland, one of that second tier of offensive tackles. But I like what they've done this offseason. I think they've, they've added a lot of veterans on one-year deals um, to kind of put a Band-Aid on some of those uh, – little cuts that they've had over the past couple of years, I think that gives them a lot of flexibility in the draft. So I would still look for them to take an offensive tackle at number 10 if one is there. Uh, but if one is not there, I could see them trading down as well. They've got some other needs, whether it be at the linebacker position or, or safety, those would be the the two primary positions that I would look for them to target or defensive attack. So three
1: okay. fun fact, D Haslam, part owner of the, what's <laughs> her fun fact? She and uh Jimmy, Oh, Jimmy fired up the Max Haslam. They were classmates at the web school in Knoxville in high school, but didn't actually start dating until after uh, college at Tennessee.
0: How about that? That is
1: like fun. Interesting. Uh, it's, first, it's the first, only really thing I could dig out of. Uh... All right. Yeah. Um, and it just happened to be talking about the Browns. This, uh, I thought it was interesting. They listed uh, on Wikipedia. It's like a lot of. Uh, female team owners are listed. So I, I don't know that I say so like minority owners, perhaps Ford is one of 10 female, 10 female NFL team owners. The others are Virginia McCaskey, Kim Pagula. Sure. Uh, Carol Davis of the LA Ra- Las Vegas Raiders. Right? Huh? Dee Haslam, Amy Adams Strunk. Yes. Uh, Gail Benson, of course, Janice McNair, uh, Denise DeBartolo York. Oh yeah. And uh, Jody Allen. I didn't realize we had 10 female owners. I didn't either. moving along to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sure. I'm not even looking at the rundown at this point. Moving along to the Baltimore Ravens. (laughs) They have number 28 overall, a very good roster. Um, They have as well, 55 and 60. It's two nice little picks there. Um, They lost Hayden Hurst in that trade to Atlanta. Uh, Michael Pierce, Marshall Yonda to retirement, but they did add Calais Campbell uh, in that trade with Jacksonville. The Michael Brockers, uh, deal fell apart because of physical and Brockers ended up going back to the Rams. What direction could you see them going here, Josh?
2: I think linebacker, edge, those are still a couple areas of need. Um, Marshall Yonda, of course, retiring. They'll probably have to address that at some point as well. But uh, even running back, I've talked about running back, which, you know, again, is kind of a luxury. But this is a team that is set up pretty well. I would have liked it a lot better if they had Michael Brockers, but they did at least get Derek Wolf. Um, from Denver and free agency. So they're set up pretty well to just kind of take the best player available across a couple of positions. So you're talking about possibly Zach Bond there at the end of the first round, possibly Patrick Queen from LSU if he's if he slides. Um, that could be an option for them as well. I think you're looking for them to address that middle unit there on defense as is, is, uh, their first pick at least in in the first round.
0: So let me run this. Actually, I like the their three-round mock draft a lot. I just sort of looked at it for the first time. So let me run this by you, Josh. Tell me what you think about this. They take Kenneth Murray in the first round, the linebacker out of Oklahoma. Josh Uche, the edge rusher out of Michigan, and Michael Pittman, Jr., the wide receiver out of USC in rounds two. Round three, another guy. We talked about Lynn Bowden earlier from Kentucky. I like Antonio Gibson a lot and sort of that same sort of versatility role. The, the kid out of Memphis who played both wide receiver and running back will probably be a running back uh, in the NFL. He ran like a 4-3-something in the combine. So he's built like a Mack truck. And then finally, Adam Troutman with the very last pick uh, of the third round, of the compensatory pick, the, the tight end on a Dayton, who had a really good season uh, for FCS, the FCS Flyers.
2: Yeah, I think that would be a, a really good haul for them. I love Josh Uche. He doesn't get enough conversation, I think, is um, a potential. I don't think he's going to slip into the first round, but I think he could easily be justified as an early day-two pick. Um, because he has so much potential off the edge. I don't think that Michigan really cut him loose this past year. But you talk about adding him and Kenneth Murray, who Kenneth Murray is one of my favorite prospects because he's such an active linebacker. He's the perfect type of player that you want playing the off-ball position in today's NFL because he's capable of covering every single blade of grass. So you're talking about adding those two guys to your defense? that already has Calais Campbell and and some of these other key defensive pieces. Obviously, their secondary is in really good shape. I mean, you're setting up something really special in Baltimore to go with with an offense that's already ranking as one of the best in the league. So I think that would be just a – it's hard to put a grade on it, um, but that would be as close to ideal as you could probably get if you're a Ravens fan
1: all right dig it uh last one the pittsburgh steelers ryan steelers they do not have a first round pick but you know what ryan nobody minds because they got minka fitzpatrick and as we talked about i think on our cbs sports hq show maybe on friday they all blend together at this point uh Mm -hmm. mea culpa we blasted the steelers for that trade during during real time you sort of blindly stood up for it uh but you ended up you know what they say uh what my dad like to say uh uh, a blind, blind hog finds an acorn every now and then too, and uh, you ended up being correct. Did he, does he really say that? Yeah, you never heard that say? Not a blind hog. Blind pig?
0: What? A blind squirrel finds a nut. Blind yeah. hog? What are you talking about? I
1: thought oh. you were joking. No, I think it's blind hog. Why would a blind hog eat an acorn? <laughs> I don't know.
0: Look at Josh, Josh is like, what have I gotten myself into?
1: <laughs> blind hog saying.
0: No, it's a blind squirrel. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut. I actually was saying that over you as you were saying that I blind.
1: No, it's blind, whor- blind hog finds a, finds an acorn. Have you ever heard of that, Josh?
2: I've never heard that. And You know, I think back to the conversation that we had earlier on the podcast where you were saying that you're starting to forget things the longer mm-hmm. that we're cooped up. I feel like this is possibly one of those scenarios.
0: Did you just Google, like, uh, willbrithin.com for that quote to come up? Cause I can't imagine. <laughs> I'm currently Googling, do pigs eat acorns? <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing else I would imagine I do. Alright, well, I'm sure someone will let you know. Whoa! Whoa, whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa, whoa! Pigs eat acorns, pal! But is it a saying? That's my, that's my Yes! Point. Blind pig finds an acorn! Is just a saying? You've heard of that, Debo?
2: No, but the internet is now telling me it is real. I, I was on your side until...
1: Look at that.
0: I'm all right. Go. Here's an example of Brinson blindly falling into something that
1: actually A I, I, I blind hog. No, 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 that's not true at all. I I said the same correctly. You called me a crazy person. I never heard that. Turns out, up, turns out you're the acorn,
0: pal. <laughs> we grew up 70 miles from each other. I never heard that. So, back to the Steelers. Uh Clyde edwards E'Laire again in the second round. I'm going to keep doing this and I'm going to will it into existence. I think uh Josh had Clyde Edwards-Riley going a little higher. Yeah, and I know Josh loves him. I love him so much too. And if he falls to the Steelers of forty nine, they don't draft him we'll be extremely angry. And then their other their other only pick, one oh two, the comp pick in the third round, I'm taking uh Jabari Zuniga, who we talked about. Um we'll see where he goes. He can go higher than this. It, the injuries are, are somewhat concerning for people, but um they need edge help, budget priest on that on that um on that one year franchise deal. So uh make that defense even better.
2: Well they'll solve their edge problems next year when they add the third WAP brother though. That's that's the plan, right?
0: Oh, there you go. Maybe they should have to play edge. Problem solved.
2: That's exactly right. So, you know, I look at the Steelers. Obviously, they added Eric Ebron, but they still need to add a, a tight end, in my opinion. Um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire at the running back position, I was slow to kind of rank him as highly as I did because of his size. But if you just watch him play, I mean, he is fantastic at, at what he does. So I think that would be a great fit for what Pittsburgh wants to do it give them a little bit more explosion. They kind of lost that this past year with, um, some of their injuries and they had to put Benny Snell back there, who is a little less explosive than what you would expect from Clyde edwards helaire But interior defensive line, you let Javon Hargrave leave, who like DJ Reader, I think is, is pretty underrated in terms of, uh, interior defensive lineman in the NFL, but edge rusher, interior offensive line, interior defensive line. What about quarterback? Do they need to, I mean, do you, what, when do you consider a quarterback? Do you target the position in free agency, possibly Cam Newton? Or is there a sweet spot in this draft where you say, you know what, maybe this is the time for Pittsburgh to take a quarterback?
0: I, I, it'll, they're not going to take J.K. in at 50 should he be there. I would consider it. But, I, look, man, I want him to take Marcus Mariota for the longest time. I love Marcus Mariota more than most people, and I think he played injured for most of his career. And if the pressure's off and he can sit, I, I think he can be fine. Um Jameis, people talked about that in Pittsburgh, and I'm fine with them going to Pittsburgh, but just the intercept Look, if you get mad at Mason Rudolph for throwing dumb interceptions, what, what chance does Jameis Winston have? But I don't think they're going to draft anyone um, at 50. They seem, one, sold on Big Ben being healthy. We'll see. And two, as Mason and Paxton Lynch, who we've sort of forgotten about because we've talked about Duck Hodges, but they did sign Paxton Lynch during the, during the season last year, um, as the possible number two and number three guys. Yeah, that seems sort of dangerous, but... Um, it all starts with Big Ben being healthy.
1: I mean, the, the, the tough part for the Steelers though is like you're in this weird window where you do want to try and plan for the future, but you've invested heavily in Mason Rudolph uh, at a previous draft. It doesn't, you know, yeah, didn't third round pick. He, he sucked last year, so I think that gives you some indication of how things are going to go. Well, I mean, that's fine. It's a sunk cost, but like, are you gonna? Are you gonna? Are you gonna bail on Mason Rudolph? Like, I guess his uh, rookie contract would be up after this year.
0: They, this is year three. He's going like, so to. They have,
1: I mean, like, are you? I mean, don't you feel like if you're the Steelers that you have a little wiggle room to try and find a quarterback maybe in like year, two, not next year or the year after? Like Ben's gonna play out his contract. Yeah, uh,
0: all things go according to plan. They will. But my point is that how many? I mean, this was the year to get a free agent quarterback and get it pretty cheaply. I mean, look at Marcus Mariota's deal. Uh, I don't know if the Steelers. Called anyone. I don't think they did because they, they seemed to make it clear they were all in on the guys they had. But dude, sign Marcus Marietta. What is Marcus Marietta Mar- sign? Two year deal? Sign yeah. a two
1: year deal. See what happens. All right. Fair enough. Let's, uh, get out of here. It's a good podcast. Very entertaining. Anything else we need to add? Crazy. Uh- to- Check out the mock draft mock 12 noon to three Eastern on Monday. You can watch it on CBS Sports HQ, our free 24-7 streaming sports network. You can probably uh, get uh, live clips of it if you haven't, if you didn't see it. Uh follow us on Twitter, uh J Edwards CBS. Is that right, Josh?
2: Just Edwards CBS now. Oh, CBS fancy.
1: Ryan yep. is uh 6 yeah. R Wilson one two three four underscore CBS on Twitter. Easy to find, very catchy. Uh no, I'm just kidding, He's Ryan Wilson CBS. They have a bunch of great mock. Drafts coming up and we have a Brady Quinn football show, the return of Brady Quinn. Hey, I texted Brady and said, will you, I, uh, will you watch me play Madden and uh, be my offensive coordinator? What do you think Brady's response was? Uh, no. He, I think
2: that was a generous way of saying
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> he was in, I, I, I didn't even tell with this, he was in. But then started to sort of backtrack and like build out excuses to like get 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 away from it. Like he was like, "Well, I have the radio show here and here. I've got to do HQ here. I got to be in the office to do it. I got like kids at home." And it was like, "I see what you're doing, bro. Like I'll I'll, I'll stick Divo on you. You're my OC now, Brady. You're screwed." Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging, guys. Thanks for spending your Sunday here. Stay safe. Be kind to your neighbors. Uh, for Josh and Ryan. I'm Will. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, everybody. John Stewart here. I am here to tell you about my new podcast, The Weekly Show, coming out every Thursday. We're going to be talking about the uh, election, earnings calls. What are they talking about on these earnings calls? We're going to be talking about ingredient to bread ratio on sandwiches. I know you have a lot of options as far as podcasts go, but how many of them come out on Thursday? Listen to the weekly show with John Stewart on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.